As we read the gospel records, we read eyewitness accounts of the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus. In a sense, the gospels are just the beginning of Christ's work. The adventure continues in the book of Acts. In this study with Scott Pauley, we consider the continuing work of Christ through the Holy Spirit, who works through the apostles and the New Testament church. Now, let's get in on the adventure. Through the years, I've had so many people ask me about the tongues that are found in the book of Acts. Acts chapter number 2. Uh, one of the great sign gifts that was given on the day of Pentecost as evidence of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And uh, someone said to me, are those real? Of course they're real. Uh, the question is not whether they're real or false. The question is, uh, are they permanent or temporary? And that's very important. Remember, the day of Pentecost is not a day, an incident, an experience that is repeated over and over and over again. It was the beginning point. It was the starting point. It set in motion everything uh, that the Lord would begin in this age of the Holy Spirit. And so that particular day and, and the attempt to try to, to manufacture it again, to make it happen again. Friend, I'm going to tell you, if God wants to send another day of Pentecost, he can do anything he wants to any day he wants to. But he has not chosen to do that. Instead, he has set in motion everything he wants to do in this age of the Spirit, in this church age, on that particular day. And he did it in a remarkable way. It was, it was marked by miracles. And one of the miracles was the miracle of the tongues. Now, I want to read with you the passage and talk to you for just a few moments today about what we know about these tongues. Uh, let's just try to keep it as simple as we possibly can. What do we know for sure? Instead of speculating, what do we know about the tongues that were found on the day of Pentecost? Acts chapter 2 and verse number 3 says, There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and they were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt, and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed. And were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. Did you hear the repeated emphasis to tongues and languages in this passage? Why is that significant? Well, let me tell you what we know. First of all, we know that God is the one who is the originator of all languages. Where did language come from? It was God who made us with the ability to communicate. Tongues were given to speak. Languages were given to communicate. Words were given to articulate. All of that uh, was, was born, if you will, in the heart of our God, who is the God of truth, a God who communicates, a God who speaks. 
And where did the varied languages on earth come from? Well, you have to go all the way back to the book of Genesis, to the Tower of Babel, when God confounded their languages and scattered the people, and suddenly they're speaking in different languages. It was God who who brought confusion on that day. Please don't miss this. Only the God who brought confusion to languages can bring order to the languages. Did you know God knows every language? That's right. And let's go deeper. Here's the great theological revelation about it. God loves people who speak every language. Uh, God is not prejudiced. God loves all people. In fact, Revelation reveals to us that God wants people of all kindred and tribes and people and nations, every language group on earth, every people group on earth, God wants gathered around his throne. So God knows every language. I think this is very important because too often when people talk about uh, the, the experience in Acts chapter 2 that these men had, we make it far too much about the men and not nearly enough about God. This was not something that Peter, James, and John worked up. This was something God sent down. And so the first thing I know about tongues is that God knows all the languages. The second thing I know about these tongues is that these tongues, these languages, were not unknown languages. They were known languages. What do I mean by that? I mean by that that they weren't just speaking jibber-jabber. They weren't just speaking nonsensical things. These were actual dialects. These were actual languages and tongues. The miracle was that God allowed his disciples, his apostles, through the aid of the Holy Spirit, to communicate the gospel in languages that they did not previously know. Now get the picture. In Jerusalem at this time of the feast, there are people from all over the world. This Feast of Pentecost had brought Jewish people from all over, from all the nations. You heard the list a moment ago, and they're packed in Jerusalem. Can you imagine the noise? Can you imagine walking through the marketplace and hearing all these languages? Even now, if you're in a very international city, you get a little feel for that. But suddenly, every man, no matter where he came from, no matter what language is his first language, no matter what language he best knows and most communicates in, suddenly they're all hearing the word of God in their own language. In a foreign land, how's that possible? God, who knows all the languages, gave by the enabling of his Holy Spirit the ability to these apostles to communicate in languages they did not previously know, but to communicate to people in the languages that they best knew. That's powerful. In fact, you may even want to mark in your Bible this word tongues, and the word language in verse 6, it's the same word. In verse number 6, every man heard them speak in his own language. His own language. Don't miss that. The exact same word is used in verse 4, in verse 8, and in verse 11 for tongues. When we're speaking about the tongues of Acts chapter 2, these tongues were known languages and dialects. Uh, that the disciples didn't know, but God knew every one of them, and God used them as channels to communicate the gospel of God. So it brings us to the most important truth. Here's what we know about tongues. First, we know that God knows all the languages. Second, we know that they were known languages and dialects. And thirdly, we know that God used these tongues, these languages, uh, this miraculous aid of the Holy Spirit to make known His truth. Uh, the, the purpose for the tongues and acts was not to give some entertainment. It was not to make the disciples feel better. It was not to have some euphoric experience. That's not at all. When people talk about tongues today, it, we, I, I hear people discussing it. It sounds so selfish. It's all about them, what they can enjoy, what they can experience. 
Friends, I want you to know these tongues were for one purpose, and that was the purpose of evangelization. Do you remember what it was Christ had just said in Acts chapter number 1, the previous chapter? He wants Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth to hear the gospel. And I love this. Yes, he's going to scatter the disciples and send them to the ends of the earth, but before he does that, he brings the world to their doorstep. He literally brought people from all over the world to them in Jerusalem in Acts chapter number 2 and gave them the divine enabling with tongues they did not previously know to speak the wonderful works of God. Only God could do that. And by the way, someone says, do you think the Holy Spirit could still enable someone to do that? Absolutely. I've even read accounts of missionaries who've been in an amazing way enabled to communicate gospel truth in places that they did not really know the language. I certainly believe the Holy Spirit can do anything he wants to do, but do not miss the emphasis. The emphasis is not an experience. The emphasis is on evangelism. It is not about what we get to enjoy. It's about what we get to share. And by the grace of God today, would you understand that whether it's through a language that you know or a language that you've never heard, the Holy Spirit's passion is one thing, that the gospel be clearly communicated. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and use you today. The same is true today as it was then. The Lord is at work in this world through His Holy Spirit, drawing people to Himself. What a privilege as God's children to be a part of what God is doing in this world today. If you'll visit enjoyingthejourney.org, you will find many resources that will equip you as you walk with the Lord. You will find previous podcast series and episodes, full-length Bible messages, and a topical search engine that will aid you in studying Bible subjects. If this podcast is a blessing to you, we hope you will share it with a friend. Be sure to join us on the next episode of this continuing adventure through the book of Acts. Acts.